This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. The Rays Radio Network proudly presents This Week in Rays Baseball. Here's your host, Neil Solons. Well, we appreciate you being with us. Uh, it is Truck Day at Tropicana Field, which is when all the equipment goes down and gets set to uh, go to Port Charlotte, which means we are inching that much closer to the start of spring training and, for that matter, the regular season. So we've got a full podcast for you today. Um, it's primarily centered around pitching. Uh, I figured it was a good chance to catch up with a lot of race prospects. We've been doing that a lot here in the month of uh January and uh, our last group will be a bunch of pitchers that uh, some of whom may help the Rays this year. Some of whom are not that far away if they won't help the Rays this year. Uh, we'll sit down with Brent Honeywell and discuss his uh, return uh, or his efforts to return to uh, to game action uh, and see where he is at. Uh, we'll also check in with. Uh, Shane Boz, who's one of the Rays' top young pitching prospects, was last year in Bowling Green. Very entertaining individual and uh, really a, a really enjoyable conversation. Shane McClanahan had a terrific first full season at the uh, minor league level with the Rays. We'll catch up with him. Uh, we'll also touch uh, base with Josh Fleming, who is probably among the guys I spoke to closest to the big leagues. And the fact that he finished last year at uh, the AAA level and, and a really intriguing story. And uh, Michael Plassmeyer just finished his first full year in the race system. Um, he came over uh, in a trade from Arizona. Uh, he had a very effective year a season ago and looking to build off that, and we'll talk with him too. But uh, we will start our conversation with one Dave Wills. And Dave, I, I hope it has been a happy offseason for you and uh, glad that you could be with us on our latest podcast. Yeah, and this probably means why you have me on because uh, Beansy and uh... – Tyler and all the guys down there, Reds, they're all just too busy to be on the show. So uh, <laughs> I appreciate the chance to uh, get on here today. And, uh, you know, it's been a, it's been an interesting offseason. Uh, obviously, uh, you know, there's a, a lot of people pumped up about what the Rays did in 2019, the way the postseason went uh, against the Houston Astros and how we brought them to the brink. And uh, unfortunately, came up a little bit short. And then there, as always, has been some movement. I, I don't think anybody was really, really close to the team is all that shock that uh, Tommy Pham got moved. But, uh, you know, again, an Eric and company we trust. I mean, uh, you know, Peter Bendix, uh, James Quick. I mean, even we lost time balloon. I mean, so they're, they're you know, they're, they're coming to get us, and uh, they're trying to get us whichever way they can. But uh, our front office has done a wonderful job, as always, in trying to retool this team. And I'm pretty excited to, to see what, uh, what this team is going to be all about here in 2020. Because if you look back to 2019, I know the narrative for a lot of people is uh, that the, the Rays uh, won 96 games, made it to the postseason. Boy, what a season. How many things went right? Well, you and I both know that uh, mm-hmm. if you had to check boxes of about 10 things that this team needed to do to get to the postseason, maybe only two of those boxes were checked, and yet they still got there. So uh, uh, I'm hoping that uh, we have a very healthy spring, that we have a healthy season, and that uh, somehow, some way, we can uh, get back to the postseason because last year's postseason run was a heck of a lot of fun. 
It sure was. And I, and I think you hit on the, the most important note, Dave, which was health. I mean, when you consider they had used 33 pitchers, 57 players, 24 different guys on the injured list at the big league level and still got where they got, um, you know, I, it left me encouraged for what this year can be if they're healthy, especially when you consider they're built on pitching a defense and they bring back really all of the core pitchers from last year. Yeah, I mean, you know, I was writing some things down, and I know I've read a few of your, uh, uh, you know, Rays radio blogs. I mean, our starting rotation with uh, Charlie Morton, Blake Snell, Tyler Glasnow, Ryan Yarbrough, and uh, Yanni Torinos, and if that's the way it goes, that's a that's a pretty sturdy uh, starting five, especially if they can stay healthy. And you know, I know Charlie's getting a little bit longer on the tooth, but uh, he really didn't show any signs of mm-hmm. of that being an issue last year. Uh, Blake Snell needs to be healthy. We need Tyler Glasnow to make twenty five to thirty starts. And then we need both, uh, you know, Ryan Yarbrough and Yanni Chirinos to be a year better in addition to being a year older. And, uh, you know, I know there's some guys that are waiting on the wings. Uh, you know, everybody's talking about, you know, Honeywell. And, uh, you know, again, Brendan McKay, what he's going to do, or if he'll start at AAA, which I think he probably would, barring an incredible uh, spring, because I think the Rays are still intrigued with the fact that he can do uh, a couple of things, not only pitch, but also be able to work uh, – you know, as a as a hitter, and I think they they, they want him to be down at uh, AAA probably to get some uh, some reps, some consistent reps at the plate. So you know, I know there's a lot of other younger guys. I think the other thing that I'm kind of intrigued about Neil is our bullpen. If there's an area right now where you know, I guess I have concern every single season about our mm-hmm. bullpen because you know we don't really have that one super lockdown guy, and we haven't had one of those guys in a long, long time. But uh, you know, for for a bullpen that was uh, a lot of interchangeable parts, for a bullpen that, uh, you know, was being remade as the season went along, as, as we've done the last few years, uh, they were very, very good. And, uh, you know, I know that, you know, I've heard from Kyle Snyder, our pitching coach, uh, you know, he's he's kind of going and saying, hey, I I'm, I love our bullpen, I trust our bullpen. Uh, last year I kind of chuckled at it a couple times, and yet when the dust settled, Neil, you know as well as I do, they put up some of the best numbers mm-hmm. in Major League Baseball. So, uh, you know, it, it is about pitching with this team. We're not going to be able to compete with the big boys offensively. But I'm also kind of intrigued with some of the new additions to see what they'll do to uh, help our offense out as well. Yeah, I want to touch on that in a minute. I mean, you look at the pen. Look, they may not be household names, but the numbers that Anderson, Pagan, uh, Drake, Poche, Castillo put up, and that's without really Jose Alvarado for most of the year. Um, and Chaz Rowe, too, got better in the second half. So it does look like they have the makings of potentially a good bullpen. I'm not even counting guys like Peter Fairbanks, who who really could evolve this year, too. Yeah, I, I think, you know, again, for me, Pagan is a guy to kind of keep an eye on. I mean, we all know how volatile bullpens can be, and, and especially, I think, given the fact that we used our bullpen as much as we did. Now, I know, you know, you kind of put a little uh, star next to it simply because, we count our bullpen innings with our openers as well. And I think that number is going to go down, or at least I anticipate that number going down because of our bullpen, our rotation maybe being a little more solidified than it's been the last uh, couple of years. But with that being said, I'm kind of anxious to see how Emilio does. Uh, you know, to me, there's like the, the threesome that I think I'm keeping a close eye on during the spring will be Jose Alvarado, Diego Castillo, and Colin Pochet. Uh, you know, you, you've heard me say this a lot, and I've said it a couple times, I think, already. Are they going to be a year older, or are they going to be a year better? Uh, last year, I think Diego Castillo and Jose Alvarado, after an incredible month of April, just proved to kind of be a year older. Uh, you know, Diego kind of fought through some things, and I think at the end still was a guy that I felt okay about when he took them out. 
Jose Alvarado, I don't know what happened to him last year. Something happened to him when he took that little time uh, off uh, back in June. And when he came back, he just wasn't the same pitcher. And uh, quite honestly, frankly, I'm surprised he's still with the team. But I also understand the thinking of the Rays front office and the coaching staff is you've got a left-handed arm that throws almost 100 miles an hour, but that can throw 100 miles an hour. Those guys just don't happen. So uh, I'm sure they're trying to see if they can figure it out because his left arm is special. Now we've got to figure out uh, where everything else is in that uh, body of Jose Alvarado. And, if you know, again, if I think back to April and the way things were kind of shaping up with the with Castillo and Jose Alvarado being a two-headed monster coming out of the bullpen from the left and right sides, if both of those guys can get a year better, look out. Mm-hmm. And, and then on the offensive side, I think that if you look at where we were as a group that started last year versus started this year, I think on paper, with the additions and the subtractions, adding Tsutsugo, adding Arazarena, and what they expect from him, um, adding Renfro, um, I think the Rays believe they can be better offensively than they were last season. What's your take on on that going into the spring? uh, Yeah, I'm intrigued about those guys. I mean, you know, Tsutsugo is a guy that, you know, I've been getting a lot of questions about this offseason. You know, what do I expect out of him? I, I really don't know what to expect. I'm kind of anxious to see what he looks like once I get down uh, to Port Charlotte. I think Jose Martinez is a guy that mm-hmm. I know he's been on our radar here for the last uh, several years. And in talking to a lot of people that uh, have followed the Cardinals these last few years, feel like he is just uh, perfectly uh, matched for uh, uh, the DH role in the American league and, and expect him to flourish, especially when he's going to face uh, some left-handers. And I know he, the left-handers he faces here in the American league East could be a little different than some of the ones he faced in the national league, but He's that good of a hitter, and I'm kind of anxious to see. Hunter Renfro, can he stay healthy? Uh, you know, this guy put up incredible all-star numbers in the first half last year for the San Diego Padres and then kind of disappeared. And, uh, you know, I, I know that we have a lot of faith in our training staff, and I think Kevin Cash and his, his staff do a great job of keeping an eye on guys to try and keep them healthy and fresh. So, I, you know, I'm, I'm looking for a bounce back here from him. And then I know there's kind of intrigue about this Brian O'Grady kid uh, that can play. You know, he's kind of the perfect Ray, I think, you know, and, not having seen him in person, but here's a guy that does have some uh, you know diversity to him. He can play the infield for a space, play a little outfield. He's got some athleticism. So th- there's a lot to, to like. And then you know, I go back to my saying. Now let's look at some guys that are coming back. G-Matt Choi, Brandon Lau. Uh, you know, is Willie Adamas, who I, I think was as good as any shortstop in the second mm-hmm. half of last year, is he going to continue on that uh, uh, projection of becoming a uh, top-line shortstop? Uh, I think, you know, I, I, he's, he's got a little bit of a chip on his shoulder, too, and I start hearing that some people still don't even consider him a top 10 or 15 shortstop. So I'm kind of intrigued to see what he does. Yandy Diaz, uh, you know, did a lot of nice things at the beginning of the year but seemed to get a little more stiff as the season went along and was really kind of a defensive liability. And Kevin Kiermaier, can he stay on the field? And then I think the biggest question mark for me is our catching position. Mike Zanino, and who's ever going to back him up, whether it's going to be Michael Perez, or a couple of the guys that we signed to uh, minor league deals to come to spring training. Uh, you know, that, that for a little while there, it was a black hole for a bit. And, you know, the Rays were saved by the acquisition of Travis Darno. We need Mike Zanina to bounce back and not be an automatic out. We need him to do what he does behind the plate. And I know the pitchers love him and like throwing to him, but we need him to be a little more of a force next to the plate as well. You mentioned catching. If you're to go to spring training, what are three things you want to know by the end of the spring, hopefully? Well, I'd love to see. I'd like to see us figure out. You know, again, I'd love to see somebody else 
step up in the bullpen. I, I, health is the number one thing, Neil. I think, you know, again, uh, somehow, some way, this team won 96 games, and it was the manipulation of uh, of, of the lineups and the, and the pitching and the job that Kevin Cash, Kyle Snyder, and everybody on the Rays pitching staff or coaching staff did, in addition to the front office and the job they do in uh, trying to give Kevin uh, the best tools and the best players to get things done. So health is the number one thing. I, I, we need all five of our pitchers to come out of spring training uh, feeling really, really good. Then I, I think, you know, again, figuring out the catching situation. You know, are we going to have a – you know, is Mike going to be a guy that they're going to ask to catch 100 games and then the backup guy 60, or is it going to be a 50-50 split? Uh, that, that to me, is a, a thing that we need to keep an eye on. And then I'm, I'm always looking at the bullpen. Uh, I know how Kevin loves to use the bullpen, and uh, I, I'm just keeping an eye. I'd like to see – I think Diego Castillo – and Jose Alvarado especially have to come out of spring training, A, healthy, but B, uh, with, with confidence and ready to go. And same thing maybe with Colin Pochet. And, and, and I'm just kind of interested to see uh, on the peripheral, uh, they're not my top three things, but how is a Brent Honeywell going to come through spring training? Can he be healthy? The, you know, the, the odds are against him doing what he needs to do to get to the big leagues when I, you, know, you start to see what some of the other pitchers who have had that type of injury uh, really have not bounced back from that. Uh, Brendan McKay, uh, how is he going to handle uh, spring training, being able to do two things, hit and pitch at the same time? And I'm anxious to see some of the young guys. But to me, the top three things are going to be, again, health. And uh, the top two things in my mind, health and the catching situation. We need That needs to be resolved. And uh, we need some answers to that before we uh, come back up to Tropicana Field and play the Pirates in late March. Before that, you get put to work. You got some shows to do. You and Andy will be reunited for our first countdown to opening day show the Thursday after Super Bowl week, and it's going to be a nooner, too, during the daytime. Lunchtime, so it's more of Andy's uh, swing plane than my swing plane. <laughs> uh, I'm more of the happy hour 7 o'clock guy, but uh, Andy's the, the lunch guy, and it, it should be kind of fun. I'm looking forward to uh, seeing Andy again and seeing you and uh, getting to know our new interns as well, our new booth concierges and uh, getting back to uh, talking raised baseball. So the next couple of Thursdays, I think yep. uh, a week, not tomorrow, but uh, beginning on the 6th and then the 13th, we'll be doing our uh, countdown to opening day shows. And then you take them over uh, once we get down to Port Charlotte, but it'll be good to be talking raised baseball. I've got a meeting tonight. Uh, I believe I'm doing it with Matt Quattraro. We're meeting with the uh, sports club of Tampa Bay nice. and uh, talking with them. And uh, then, you know, our corporate partners, we meet with them tomorrow so it's it's baseball season. It's it's back to work, which is, uh, as I say that, my wife has a huge smile on her face. <laughs> well, we look forward to seeing you next week. Enjoy uh, Super Bowl weekend. Good chatting, and uh, we'll talk soon. Neil, thanks for having me. Talk to you later. That is Dave Wills and really good stuff from him. And uh, now time to hear from some players. I, I think a lot of fans, probably more than any, when they talk about prospects, other than Wander Franco, the guy who comes up is, how is Brent Honeywell doing? So uh, he's now throwing three times a week, playing catch Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Uh, after that uh, fracture in his arm that followed Tommy John's surgery, he has missed the last two seasons on the field and you know, asked him to tell us where he's at in our conversation to Tropicana Field this past week. I mean, I think now it's more, it's more so, you know, you're doing something new, sort of similar, it's new stuff like every other day. I don't know, it's strange, man. This is a different rehab for me. Um, it's a broken bone, or it was a broken bone, so it wasn't very much, you know, stressing of the ligament or stressing of the, you know, what all this other stuff around it. It's just more so a bone break, and, 
you know, rehab's not as strenuous and it's not nearly as as cool as a Tommy John, a so-called Tommy John rehab because you're stressing tissues and doing all this other stuff when it's like, all right, you got broken bone, you just got to sit still. So I think it was more so that the dormant part of the rehab kind of, I mean, that, was, that was honestly the worst part of it, you know, not being able to do typical stuff, but I mean, I'm feeling great. You're such a competitor. So tell me what you did to compete while you're going through this whole dormant period and how, what would you do to kind of light that competitive fire? Um, you know, I just lived it through these guys here. I think that's the best thing I could have done. Um, I watched this on TV every night and I watched other games on TV. I mean, I was doing homework, you know, I'm looking at other squads, looking at other teams, looking at other players, um, keeping up with the free agents and stuff, see where they're going. Cause you know, it's, you know, it's, that's who I'm facing. So, I mean, it's like you, I'm constantly doing something and keeping an edge and, you know, trying to reach and grasp on the stuff that I can grasp on to like, you know, it's very obvious that this guy chases this or this guy chases this because, I mean, it's only going to come into play whenever I step foot on the mound. So it's, I remember all that stuff. And, um, you know, watching these guys play in postseason. I mean, I, I had my door open. I'm sitting there yelling, screaming, doing everything else outside my door, my apartment. And I mean, it was it was a lot of fun. Even though I wasn't here, I was I was here. When I saw you in Port Charlotte, you know, you're down on that side. Now you're working out here at Tropicana Field. Does that help? Do you think to be around some of the other guys on the big league roster? And if so, how? It does helps out a lot. Um, you know, there's just a lot. There's a lot of guys down in Port Charlotte. I mean, we got you know, we got six, seven minor league teams, and we got one major league team. And you know, if you had the luxury to go rehab at the big league park or ever, anywhere, you know, getting the best that you can. Not saying that Joel or anybody of those guys don't know what they're doing by any means, and and because I know that's not true. Because Joel Smith deserves a whole heck of a lot of praise with with what he's done for me and my career over the course of two years. And I can't thank Joel enough. And I think it was just, you know, it was a, change, a little change of scenery, I think, you know, even though it's 45 minutes up the road, but it's a little bit of change of scenery. And, and um, you know, you get, the, you get the, the weight room here, you got Joey Green here, you got TC here, you got all these guys here, Paul Jones down there. It's like, I, I can't thank these guys enough. I mean, it's, you know, I. I'm, sometimes I get lost for words, and I think this is the time because I know a lot of people put time into to my career to help me better myself. Is it motivating at all to spend time with Blake, with Tyler, with Kyle, with Ryan Yarbrough, with guys who have where are where you want to be and, and join them? I mean, it is. You know, I mean, I think at one time me and all those dudes were teammates other than Glass. I mean, I haven't been a teammate with Glass, but you know, in spring, I mean, I've had a spring with them, and I've shared the clubhouse with them in spring for the past two years and <clears throat> with Yarbs and I've shared the clubhouse with Yarbs for ever since he's been here. So um, I know what these guys are capable of doing and they know what I'm capable of doing when I'm healthy. And I think we, you know, we don't even have to be playing. We just all feed off each other and the energy that we pull. And, you know, it's, you know, it's, it's easy. It's, it's easy to, to get down on yourself and down on, you know, catch some bad energy flying around, especially when you're, when you're hurt and you've been hurt for a couple of years. And, um, you know, like I said, I can't, I can't thank this club and this organization enough. This latest phase, who has, who have you leaned on the most just in terms of the support and who's been most helpful? 
Um, probably my dad, man. Um, my dad don't really, he don't let me, he don't let me get, he don't let me hit the low point too, too much. Uh, my brother's been there. My whole family's been there. Like I said, man, all the people back at home, um, I know they're, I know they're looking, they're looking for me to do some good things. So, you know, they're counting on me and I'm, I'm ready for 2020. <laughs> and what's the, the thing that you're most anxious, excited about as you continue with this process now? Tone them out, man. You know, and I don't think it, I don't think it's done. It ain't done until I get here. And I think that's the, that's the main thing. Um, as soon as I touch the mound, I think about it every day, honestly, every, every single day. It's like, you know, what's the moment going to be like when I touch the mound? Where am I going to be at? Especially when I get to the bills and I'm, you know, playing and competing at the highest level possible. I mean, because that's what I want to do because I know, for a, I know for a fact. I know for a fact that I can do it. And um, I'm not going to let anybody deter me away from it. But, you know, once I touch the slab, once I look around, I – I, mean, I did it in the futures game. You know, I, I was sat there and I looked. I've never been, <clears throat> never been in a game set on a major league mound, and that place was packed. And I, I stepped foot on the mound. I stepped off and I looked around. I was like, "Geez, man, that's that's just what it's all about." And I think once I get there, after especially after these two years, you know, I mean, Johnny Venters, I got to continue to go back to JV. I mean, that dude, even though I haven't spoke to him in, in quite a while. Um, but he was a big help throughout both of these. And, you know, I, after knowing, being close to somebody who's done it, who's been three years out of the game, you know, seeing the Aaron Barretts and seeing these guys get back to the big leagues, it's like, you know, I mean, I'm going to do it. There's no question. And I think, you know, if these guys do it, I can definitely do it. And how do you think what you learned on the mound will make you better? Uh, what you learned during this two-year period, how you matured, will make you better as a pitcher? Um, you know, I can't I – can't, I can't say that just yet because I haven't seen it put in the work. But I got some thoughts. I got a lot of I got a lot of stuff flying around up here to question me. I just had 40 answers hit my head. But um, I think the the number one thing is is when I come back, I want to be able to locate. Uh, I think that goes a, a big, big way, especially what I've been watching over the course of two years. You know, the best in the game they locate, and that's that's a weapon in its own. And, you know, it doesn't matter who's up there. It's tough to hit, as we see with everything going on. <laughs> and there's always someone trying to get an advantage. And the thing is, is when I, cut your, when I cut the chance for you to get the advantage, that's where you lose your edge. So, you know, I'm, I'm not looking to gain. I'm not really looking to gain an edge. I'm looking to gain info. And... I picked up a lot of information over the course of two years of watching this, watching this play. You know, I, I, it's funny because I, I see how we do things and I see how a lot of other teams do things. And I've learned from us that you can, you can do funky things. You can do weird stuff and it works because we've got, we've got the power to do that. We've got the guys to do that. And, you know, I, I honestly, I felt like I was in the clubhouse with him for a majority of the year this year just because, you know, I, I think that the number one thing is I like finding the game and I like, figuring and how, I like figuring out how it moves. And we move so many different parts at times that it gets overwhelming for, for people on the other side. And I've seen that work. So there's, just, there's a couple things that I got. So 
it's all in due time, hopefully. Certainly wishing Brent Honeywell a lot of success um, and uh, uh, more than anything else, a healthy 2020. Now, the same could be said for all the, the pitching prospects we had a chance to chat with. Um, four really different guys who all, I think, have the ability to pitch the major league level at some point with the Rays or otherwise. And uh, caught up first with Shane Boz. Uh, he probably is the highest ranked among the prospects I spoke to. Um, for what you know, those rankings are worth. Um, more than anything, I think Shane is a, a really great conversation, and we had a little fun at first. Uh, if you follow him on Twitter, um, he, he's a, a great follow, and one of the things he asked his fans was what kind of haircut he, he was going with. So I asked him uh, what the final decision was and how he came about it. So my mother is very supportive of the long hair. She likes the long hair, doesn't want me to cut it. But it's getting a little long, so I decided I was either going to let it grow, cut it short, or probably dye it like a weird color for a few weeks or something. And the Twitter poll spoke, and I think I'm going to stick with the people. It was just let it grow. Just let it keep going. So mom's okay with that. She's a mu- she's a musician by nature and kind of like a earthy type. Very. She's a... Uh, I guess hippie would be like a easy, quick way to describe. She's the sweetest lady on earth. Um, unbelievably talented musically. And that's where we kind of took our relationship, you know, to the next level was through music and spending hours and hours together just, you know, creating something or her helping me or me trying to help her. You know, she knows every, everything about music. And I'm, you know, maybe try to bring a new idea to her or something. But. Yeah, we, uh, we're super close. And I want to touch on the music aspect, but I was also curious, the fact that we can talk about this. You know, in, in baseball, some for many years, it was kind of like the conformist attitude of you got to have the hair cut short, you, you know, right. you have to have. And the race have relaxed those rules over the last several years. What does it mean to you to be in an organization that allows you to kind of show your identity while also evolving as a person and a player? I think it's beautiful. Um I think a really important thing for me personally is to be able to separate, you know, baseball from who I am as a person. And obviously baseball is a big part of that, but I don't really just find my simple identity as a baseball player. Um, you know, first I'm a, a son and a brother and a family member and a friend and a teammate, you know, and I think it's really important to remember you know, who you are and where you're from and why you do the things you do. And, um, yeah, music just helps me escape that a lot. Um, you know, whenever I'm alone or I don't have anything to do, like, you know, I'm always itching to create something, you know, it's just being creative is just, I guess, part of who I am. And that's what I spend a lot of time doing. (laughs) Do weeks like this though, on the baseball side, how helpful are they for guys like yourself? Because people forget this is still your second full year in this organization. Um, yeah, it's, um, it's really great. It's really great to be around the coaches and staff and really get to know them and build a relationship with them. Um, I had a great relationship with Brian Reith and he's the double a coach this year. So that's really cool. And I got to meet doc and he's unbelievable already helped me in two days, an unbelievable amount. And it's, it's really awesome to be here. And i I think it's like a really, really good thing for all the players. I don't think anybody's like, oh, man, like this is a waste of time. Everyone's like, I wish that this was longer so I could learn even more, you know. So we got a really good 
group of people that it's easy to, you know, root for each other and help each other. And it's just really, really good environment. You also got the chance to learn in Arizona. And I spoke with you before the fall league. So now that I'm seeing you after, what did you get out of it? How much did it help you grow? I'd say a ton. Um, it was pretty interesting getting thrown into a lot. I was the only guy from low A there from the Rays. So getting thrown into a clubhouse where I knew zero people um, and one coach. So you're a little out of your comfort zone, but you're facing, you know, it was the best competition I've ever faced, double A, triple A, guys with big league time, you know. So that was really, really awesome just seeing that my stuff is looking the same as it is in low A, you know, to the triple A MVP of, you know, or all these high, high, high prospects and stuff's still working. So it's, um, it's a, it's a, it was a good little confidence boost. Um, throwing out of the bullpen was interesting getting like a routine and stuff, getting ready fast. So I kind of learned to do that. Um, that was really cool. And then, yeah, just, just getting to play more and face really good players is all I want to do, you know? And I'm guessing you had conversations, too, with hitters on your team, with pitchers on your team. What did you learn that you want to apply, and how would you apply it this year to help you grow another step? I think um, a big thing is going to be staying within myself and just learning that I don't have to throw every pitch as hard as I can, but i got to keep a consistent, you know, smooth effort level for all my pitches and that's how you really become effective is not trying to make everything as nasty as possible but like putting it where you want with the movement you want and I know my velocity will be there during the season so I'm I'm ready to get rolling I feel good but I learned a lot in the fall league did your workout routine this offseason change at all and the reason I ask that is a lot of times guys go through that first low a season and they're like they they learn stuff about their body as they go because it, it's their first five-month campaign and and they go, okay, I want to tweak this or I want to tweak that. What, what if anything, are you tweaking or did you tweak this offseason? Well, last season, I, uh, I was pretty much, you know, had a full season under my belt. I got sick during the middle of the year and missed like a week or two. I had, I was in the hospital. I was pretty sick, but, um, my velocity crept up the entire season, you know, and in the fall league, I was 97, hundred. And I know that I can live right there. And so I wanted to keep my body the same as it felt in the fall league and maintain that weight probably, but develop, you know, flexibility and strength while keeping that same size. Cause I feel so quick and smooth right now. And who are the guys that you're closest to among the other pitchers that you like to just pick one another's brains and, and we'll help you kind of fuel your fire this year. Cause you guys all have that kind of community atmosphere helping one another grow. Yeah, it's definitely, um, everyone gets along really well. Um, I, last year I'd spend a lot of time with, um, like Libertor, but <laughs> he's gone now. Um, but I, uh, I love McClanahan. Um, Ever since we like met each other at Instruct or in Princeton, um, and both our names were Shane, it was just like we became good friends. Um, I get along with Joe Ryan really well. He's super outside the box, so I love talking to him. And I know he's said the same thing about me. Is like, I don't know, I'll kind of say stuff out of left field that maybe most people wouldn't think about sometimes. So 
those are two guys I really like to talk to about pitching. And then, honestly, just about everyone. Caleb Sampin, he's very smart. Miller Hogan, he's very smart. There's a lot of guys that you can, you know, ask about stuff and um, that can really help you with pitches and approach to, you know, your mental game on the mound or what you're thinking or yeah there's a lot of there's a lot of stuff um that we talk about on a daily basis just about that obviously when you have the stuff that you have and you know being a former top pick you get recognized do the prospect rankings mean anything to you is it is it feel good to get that recognition is it motivation how how does that help you um i'd say more it's it's publicity more than anything um i haven't i don't think i've ever looked at that stuff and been like okay they said that i need to do this so i'm gonna do this because that'll make me better but i've kind of learned to not pay as much attention to it um the only reason i would care about it is because if you're in the top 100, you get a pretty good card deal, so it's a little bit of money in your pocket. But other than that, I try not to pay too much attention to it because um, I know what I need to do you know, to get me from this point to playing in Tropicana. And I know that I what I need to do, and I know what steps I need to take. So I try to listen to you know the Rays staff, you know, people on my team that care about me and want me to be the best pitcher I can be. So um, I try to just engulf myself with good, good company that is on my team and is going to help me. So, And I know from the outside, I saw in your social media too, you're a fan of Mike Clevenger yeah. as well. Why and how do you see your – do you see yourself at all like him in terms of maybe just being a free spirit? Uh, definitely as far as free spirit. I can see that just in the way he carries himself and – how he goes about his business every day. Um, but yeah, I just love the way he pitches. He's nasty. Um, he throws everything with intent, which is pretty, like pretty fun to watch. And he obviously throws really hard, which is also cool. But just to watch him, I remember watching him making his, maybe his rookie year with the Indians. And from then to now is, unbelievably different like he went from like 90 93 kind of throwing a sinker to throwing 98 99 100 you know right by guys so yeah i like to watch him a lot he's he's pretty cool good stuff from shane boz and certainly wishing him a very successful 2020 the same goes for shane mcclanahan another shane shane boz is a righty shane mcclanahan is a lefty shane mcclanahan actually is going to major league spring training so we touch base on that and uh what it means to him uh, you know, it's 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 truly exciting, but you know, ultimately there's still a lot of work to do, and I'm going there, you know, trying to get my work done, and not, you know, not trying to ruffle too many feathers. I guess just stay under the radar, just do my thing. What do you hope to learn? Like, and are you a a talkative? You know, some guys will ask a lot of questions. Some guys just sit and watch. How do you kind of want to kind of approach? those weeks that you're there sure. I'm, more, I'm more of a visual learner you know I, it, it's going to be good to see you know all those guys go about their business the right way and just you know i'll be able to learn just by watching them and stuff like that you're already uh friendly with ryan yarborough um how much does that help just to have a comfort level someone you know someone you trust and i'm sure that you knowing him helps build relationships with some other guys in there too 
Yeah, you know, absolutely. I think I think it's uh, it's good. You know that I, I know Yarb's pretty good and stuff like that. But it's it'll be it'll make things a lot easier. You know, adjustment periods. You know, if I'm unsure of things, if, you know, I can always go to him, ask for help, and stuff like that. Has it been? You worked out at the Trop, I know, um, last week a little bit. Is that motivating to do that for you? Is it is it help to be around some of the other guys, or is it? Hey, I'm just getting my work in, and it's nice to just. It's it's close to home. It's easy for me to get to that kind of thing. Um, you know, ultimately, you know, it, it was exciting to be there, but I, I just got to get my work done. So it's uh, it doesn't matter really where I am. It could be a little league field. It could be at the Trop. You know, as long as I get my work done, what I need to work on that day, it's uh, that's what's really important to me. Your first full season, you had some really good moments. You got all the way to Double A. What did you learn? What did you like about your year? Um, I think I uh, I think what I liked the most about the year is how I handled adversity and how I understood that you know one game doesn't define you and how I was able to, I guess, you know, get, get over bad games to not dwell on them and put my team next game in the best position possible to win. So I think that's what I was most proud of is how I, uh, is how I dealt when things didn't go my way and how I reacted to it. I ask a lot of guys this when they go through that first full season. Now you're a college guy, so you've had a long season going from college to pro ball, but sometimes when guys go through that first full season, it's a little different. Um, how physically did you hold up? And did you change anything um, about your off-season program going into this year? Well, you know, luckily we have we have a great group of training staff here at every level through the organization. So they do a great job of keeping us, you know, in shape and just staying healthy. So, and, you know, because of that, I really didn't have to change anything. I just kept my routine and went about my business. And, you know, big thanks to those guys in the training room. So you felt pretty good by the end. Some guys are tired either physically or mentally you're pitching some games you pitched a fair amount of games in port charlotte where the humidity is you know 90 percent um with 90 plus you know degree weather you felt pretty good I, I'm, yeah i felt great you know I, I just think that's a testament to how hard the guys in the training staff push us to you know ultimately be the best competitors and best athletes we can try and be so have you added any weight from last year and if so how how much and what did you change if any of that stuff to do it sure i added about 10 to 15 pounds uh from last year i you know it's i, th- I think that's gonna you know help me stay healthy and you know be stronger and you know go deeper into ball games you know maintain velocity and a lot more little things that maybe i didn't have last year the other guys around you, this is such a competitive group, but also a community-minded group. I, I talked with the other Shane, and he talked about how you guys have a, a good rapport. And how how much do you guys help one another? And who has been, like, who have you really clicked with also that's really helped you um, and vice versa? Uh, you know, I, <laughs> Shane's a great guy. He's a good friend of mine. And it's, it's always cool to, you know, go out there. You know, laugh with him, joke around with him, but, you know, get down to work and see how hard he works, you know, to, to be the best he can be. And I, I think that motivates me a little bit, too, because, you know, I want success for him and I know he wants success for me. So it's it's just a little motivation, you know, to see each other do well. It just makes us push each other more and more. How helpful are programs like these? Um, because not every um, team or organization has these January events where they bring in their top prospects and, and, and work with them on off field and on field, all that kind of stuff. You know, uh, workouts like these are awesome. It's, it's. I think the best part, honestly, though, is getting back to see all the guys. You know, see see the guys you haven't seen in you know months and that. Like, you know, build those friendships back up and get excited for season. It's it's kind of it's it's right around the corner. So, you know, doing all the workouts, being back here, just really makes you excited to get after it. 
you were recognized by a couple of organizations, uh, or I'm sorry, a couple of publications as top hundred guys. Does that mean much to you? And if someone does or doesn't, does it mean anything to you either way? Um, how do you look at those? You know, ultimately, you know, everybody wants some sort of recognition, but you know, once you get past that and understand that as long as you go about your business the right way and just work hard and put your head down and do the right things, you know, good things will happen, you know, control what you can control and just, you know, take everything for, for the betterment and just understand that everything you do will push you to be the best you can be. Stuff wise, um, you obviously you have great stuff, but are there things that you want to specifically improve specific pitches, you know, first pitch strikes, where are the areas where you want to grow the most this year? Uh, I think definitely, you know, we've touched on it. We talked about it a little bit, you know, early count breaking balls, you know, flipping those in for strikes and just ma- maintaining maybe a certain velocity with it and not being so maybe all over the place. But I think early breaking balls are something that I'm really trying to work on. And I think it's important to be able to have fun off field or not get consumed. So you a golfer, you a gamer, what's kind of the thing that you do in season, out of season or relax? I love video games. You know, I love golfing. It's, uh, it's, you know, just something to keep my mind off, you know, baseball, you know, just because of the fact that, you know, we are people and, you know, baseball, baseball is important in our lives, but it's not everything, you know, it's, uh, it's always good to have that escape, but yeah, I try to golf, but you know, sometimes it doesn't really go the way I want it to go. <laughs> are you as competitive there as you are on the field? And is it hard to kind of let guys who are, who do this, who are pro athletes, sometimes it's hard to you turn off that switch. I can't turn it off. I, as soon as I get on the course, I want to win. I don't like to lose in anything, video games, golf, ping pong, whatever. I, there's always that competitive switch that decides to flip on, even though I don't want it to try, but you know, it does, still does it. That is talented lefty, a guy who pitched again at USF, so a bit of a local product. Grew up in Cape Coral, that being Shane McClanahan. Looking forward to seeing him a lot in spring training. And the same goes for one Josh Fleming. Very different stories. Uh McClanahan was a, a top pick. Uh, Josh Fleming was a guy who came out of Division Three at Little Webster University, and as a senior sign, a fifth-round pick, here he is, um, you know, a step from the big leagues. He finished last year in AAA, and we first touched on what it means to be able to go to uh, spring training. Um, it's, it's very, very special to me. Um, when I got the call, you know, I was making breakfast, and – Jeff McLaren called me and he told me and I was just I mean the minute I put the phone down I just started you know kind of fist pumping I was just really fired up for it um and it'll be really really cool to you know once I get here in a few weeks to you know just kind of settle in and you know get to learn from you know some of the older guys and the veterans who've who've done this many many times and stuff but uh it was just very exciting for me um you know I called my mom right away and Mom started crying. She was just super happy and, and proud of me and everything. So it was very special. Your story is a special one. I mean, a Division three guy who's never had to get anyone drafted to be a fifth-round pick and now, what, a couple of years later already in a big league spring training? It's pretty pretty special indeed. Yeah. Um, you know, I think I've told you know people this before. Everyone wants to go D1. You know, that's all people think about is going D1. And, you know, I think – you know, me being a Division three guy, I think it doesn't it doesn't matter where you go. You go to a place that fits best for you, and if you compete and you do very well, you're going to get noticed regardless. I think, you know, it's the popular thing is, oh, I want to go D1, D1, but you, you don't need to. And, uh, you know, when I got to Webster, I was – I didn't think I had, like, a good chance 
right away. Um, but once I started throwing more and more and I put on some weight and everything, it's, it's like, oh, wow, like this could actually happen. So, um, yeah, I mean, just for anyone who wants to – who thinks that going D1 is what you need to do, it's it's not. You know, you go to the place that best fits you and everything will take care of itself. How about the time down here? You're spending a couple of weeks here before spring training. How is it helping you? Is it more on the mental side, the physical side? And if so, how is it helping? Um, <clears throat> I mean, I would say more physical side. I'm getting some good workouts in and everything. But I think the big thing for me is the pitch design camp that I'm in now. Um, working on throwing a cutter, working on getting my curveball a little bit more sweep to it. So it's, you know, every day we're working on grips and we have the slow-mo cameras behind us and in the bullpen and in the lab and everything. And so we're constantly working on trying to find out which grip or whatever fits, fits best. And, you know, I like it a lot. I like seeing, I'm I'm a visual learner. So I like seeing, you know, the slow-mo videos of the ball coming out of my hand and everything. And, and I think it's really cool that they're doing that and they're starting to do the pitch design camps because I think it's very helpful for, you know, guys that don't have that kind of technology, you know, maybe at the facility they're working at or whatnot. So I think it's it's going to help, you know, not just me, but everyone down here. How much will it help to get into spring training and also have chats with guys who may be similar to you? I, I've heard a lot of comparisons, maybe not exactly, but Ryan Yarbrough, kind of a taller left-hander who, who doesn't throw incredibly hard, but obviously makes it work with the stuff he has. Yeah, I think um, learning from those guys is going to be, I mean, it's going to be awesome. You know, I'll get to pick their brains a little bit, talk about grips, um, maybe just different situations on, you know, when they'd throw a certain pitch. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm really looking forward to that. Um, it's, I mean, any, anytime you're talking to a big leaguer, it's, it's very, very cool. Um, and so I think I'm looking forward to that. Question asker, watcher, you mentioned visual learner. Are you a talker or are you just going to kind of sit back, absorb a lot, stay out of the way? What's kind of your take? Yeah, you know, I don't, I don't know yet. I don't want to come in and just be that one, be the guy that's just always asking questions and stuff. So, you know, maybe I'll, you know, ask a couple questions. But I think for the most part, I'm going to kind of just sit back and, and just listen, you know, listen to the guys and learn from what they're saying. You know, maybe not just to me, but maybe they're talking to someone else and I just happen to hear them. Um, I'm just going to listen to that, you know. I, I mean, I don't want to ask too many questions. I don't want to bug anyone. But um, I think sitting back is going to – I think that's probably what I'm going to do, just to listen to them. You um, you got your first taste last year, too, of AAA. You were spending most of your year in AA. What would you learn? Uh, what's, what was most different b- beyond the baseball? Because that is very different. It is, yeah. Um, I mean, I think for me it's the hitters you face um, – a lot of them are veteran guys who maybe they're towards the end of their career. Um, maybe they're guys that are top prospects for their team. But it's the the patience that they have at the plate, the hitters have at the plate, is, I mean, way different than what it was in Montgomery. They just, I mean, pitch selection, they they know what's coming, it seems like, you know, before you throw it. They know they want to hit to a certain count, and they're always going to look for a certain pitch. So um, and big thing for me was just the hitters, they're – their plate discipline was just, I mean, something like I've never seen before. So how do you adjust? And physically, are you any different than, let's say, you were at the end of last year from your off-season program? Um, I think to adjust to that, um, I mean, for me, I think I just have to go out there and keep trusting my stuff. Um, I don't think, um, I mean, I don't think I need to, aside from getting, developing a cutter and everything, I don't, I don't need to change my approach about going at guys. I think, 
you know, my, my mentality is always, you know, let them put the ball in play. I'm a sinker guy. Um, so I want, want them to put the ball in play. I want the defense behind me to make plays for me. Um, so <clears throat> I think for me, just keep trusting my stuff. Um, obviously, we have, like, the pregame reports and everything about what their tendencies are and stuff. So pay attention to that and uh, just trust all my stuff, you know, whatever, you know, whoever my catcher is, whoever it may be, like, they, they see the reports too. So whatever they throw down, I know that they know that that's a weakness for the hitter and maybe it's a strength for me. And so just trust all my stuff. Um, and then as far as, like, off-season program going, I um, started working out at a place called P3 with, uh, I think maybe Mike Plasmeyer mentioned it. Um, in maybe one of his interviews, but he, uh, we're both from the St. Louis area, so he, he kind of introduced it to me during the season last year um, when he came up to Durham for the playoff stint and everything. Um, and I was very intrigued by it coming in. And, I mean, it's a really cool facility. It's kind of like it, like a miniature version of a driveline, I guess. It's It's got all the slow-mo cameras. It has a workout facility. Um, and there's trainers there and staff that really focus on what you want to do and focus on for the off season. So it's nice to have that. And um, I've been working on a few things with them, um, you know, on the pitching side and then strength side. But it's it's nice to have. There's probably 15 other pro guys, maybe 20 other pro guys that are there at the same time I am. And so it's nice to have that around you. You know, you're constantly pushing each other to get better and you know, maybe throw harder, lift lift heavier. And so it, it's a really cool atmosphere, um, and I think it, it helped me a lot. And you're doing all this work while also – and all these cool accomplishments while also the year that you get married too. Yeah, um, it's – yeah. Um, it, it's it's pretty stressful uh, for my fiancé, I know. Um, you know, while I'm gone, she's kind of doing most of the most of the work, and, you know, I feel bad, but got got to do it. <laughs> you know, it's – I don't know. It's, uh, and is Katie someone you – is that like high school sweetheart or you met her at Webster or yeah, how – we, we met, in, met in college. Um, I met her my freshman year, um, and we became really good friends for first couple of years there. And then my junior year we started taking it a little bit more seriously, and, and we started dating my junior year. Good stuff from uh, left-hander Josh Fleming. Uh, the final guest on the program today is Michael Plassmeyer. Michael came over with Michael Perez in the Matt Andres deal, and he had a really solid season a year ago, pitching in low A uh, Bowling Green and also uh, high A Charlotte. Um, and uh, we touched base on uh, you know his year. And yeah, this week, uh, a lot of the pitching prospects in the Rays organization down in Port Charlotte and you know how that week uh, helps him. Uh, they're very like player development oriented, which was obviously really big for me. Um, it was nice just working with the different pitching coaches. Got to meet a few of them throughout the year, and they really improved my changeup and just kind of like pitching philosophy. Kind of learned a few different ideas and stuff from what I've heard, and they really just uh, kind of speak to I would say like how I pitch. Just like fill up the strike zone, go at hitters, make them put the ball in play, and just be on the attack constantly. I've always heard about this is a good organization for developing pitches, but specifically the changeup. How did your changeup improve? Um, really in college, it kind of got away from me a little bit. I was more just fastball, breaking ball, and then I could flip it in there whenever I needed to. But uh, they really just like kind of focused on that, tried out a few different grips, and just made, made me throw it. And that was the biggest thing, building some confidence with it, and it became a big weapon for me at the end of the year. How does this week help? Um, you kind of get back into the swing of things. Is it more... Off-field, on-field, just getting together with the guys, how do you see this week? It's really a little bit of everything. They get to kind of check up on you. And for me personally, 
they have me developing a cutter right now, so they get to kind of see that. They're doing some video, getting some analytics on that. So they kind of, like, see how that's uh, progressing, coming along, and, like, if they want to make any changes, I'm sure they'll uh, correct me this week. But I'm um, also just kind of getting down here, seeing the guys, get you kind of excited for the year, ready to get going. You mentioned what a, a good environment this is for development, but there also is so much talent in this organization. How do you guys push one another, and, and what's, what are the friendships like that you've created already? I mean, it makes it competitive, and obviously everybody in uh, professional baseball is competitive, so I think it's a good thing. There's definitely a lot of, especially pitchers here, and really just seeing one guy go out there and they dominate one day, and then you're up the next day, and then you kind of like pick their brain about how they attack certain hitters and like what to look for with guys. And really just like kind of picking their brain and then adding it to you for like whatever works for you. And um, just learning really, just constantly bouncing stuff off of other uh, pitchers. You were part of an SEC program, so obviously, you know, it's it's a high-end college program. But how did your body hold up in your first full pro season? And were there any adjustments, changes you made physically in the off season to get ready for this year after that? Yeah, there's definitely the adjustment. Uh, I've been a starter in both uh, levels there. So in college, you have I throw, I think it was usually every Saturday. So you got a whole week to prepare. You can get some long toss in, take some extra time on bullpens, make sure your arm's ready for that next week. And then here you got the five- or six-man rotation, kind of depending on how they're running things. So it just kind of cuts out a day or two of rest that you got. So really, for me, I just kind of cut out a little bit of long toss and uh, just got to kind of listen to your arm. I learned last year was just uh, whatever you need to get ready for that fifth day because obviously that's the big day. And – off-season-wise, did you add weight? Did you lose weight? Did you focus core, lower body? What was kind of like the emphasis after learning about your body last year? Um, I put on a little bit of weight here, um, trying to add a couple more pounds, get to around 230. But um, more more explosiveness for me this year. Uh, last year, I added a lot of strength, and some of it translated to the mound. But this year was more just like kind of being explosive, more like quick twitch. And uh, hopefully that translates to a little bit of velocity this year. Josh told me that uh, Fleming, that you guys trained at the same facility in the off season, being that you live fairly close. How does that P three program help? And is it is for you? Is it kind of like a driveline type program from all the things I've heard? Yeah, they kind of got their um, own little spin on stuff, but it is like a weighted ball program, which is kind of like what driveline's mainly known for. But uh, like my brother's actually one of the uh, pitching instructors there, so he's constantly talking to me about what we're working on, why we're doing these drills, and all that kind of stuff. So that kind of gets you excited for how it's going to get you better. And then obviously working with Fleming down there is really fun. Like hopefully play with him at some point this year and uh, just kind of play catch together. We're both left-handed and we're both working on a cutter, so try out different grips and we're constantly bouncing ideas off each other. And really just like we got a pretty good group of probably usually 15 to 20 I'd say pro guys in there so there's always a good environment somebody's got a bullpen day so they're super excited getting ready to get going so there's always good energy and there's never really a lack of motivation going who are um, the guys that you grew up wanting to be like because you did you grow up a Cardinal fan a Wainwright guy what was kind of your your push to get into the game Uh, when I was younger I've always been a Cardinal fan growing up and everything from being from St. Louis kind of a big baseball town, but um, growing up, I was a big Chris Carpenter fan, just kind of his like mentality on the mound. He was going to go right at guys, make you beat him. He wasn't going to let like himself beat him, but um, I also like Josh Lester a lot, or John Lester, I mean, sorry, Josh Lester's guy I went to college with, John Lester, but um, being left-handed there, he wasn't most uh, velocity guy, which uh, kind of similar to me, but uh, he mixed pitches really well, and then he just spotted up, and 
kept guys off balance, which is something I've always been having to do. And you mentioned your brother. Did he get you involved in the game? Um, and how much has he helped you over the years? Yeah, he. Um, well, I guess it kind of started with my dad. He was left-handed pitcher at um, Nickel State. My grandpa on my mom's side, he played baseball in the Army. So, like, just constantly being around the game. My grandpa on my dad's side liked it and everything. Big softball player, so he'd always be at my games. Dad was kind of like our first pitching coach for us. But my brother's a year older than me. So, like, I would fill in for his teams, and if we were playing up a year, he'd fill in for my teams, and both left-handed pitchers. Like, it was constantly a battle between us, like, making things competitive, seeing who could throw harder, who has, like, a better certain pitch or whatever, and just really kind of having that, like, someone always around to talk baseball with you really helped me. And we've mentioned, obviously, your passion and how you want to grow this year. What do you do off the field? What do you do to kind of keep your mind away from the game a little bit so you're not baseball 24-7? Yeah, I mean, I like pretty much any sports. Obviously, kind of got to watch out for, like, getting hurt. So just maybe just going to the um, rec center, shooting some baskets is always fun. Um, But movies I like a lot, TV shows, so some Netflix, and just kind of, like, let your body rest and everything. Uh, Trying to get into some new hobbies and everything, so I'm just testing some stuff out. And your Netflix binge show of choice right now would be? Right now I'm watching Bloodline, but overall it's always been uh, always sunny in Philadelphia or The Office. That's one I've seen probably five or six times through. We certainly appreciate the time of Michael Plassmeyer and that of all our guests, uh, Dave Wills, Brent Honeywell, um, as well as Shane Boz, Shane McClanahan, and also Josh Fleming. Uh, really good stuff from all of the above. Um, and that is our last, what I would call, substantial podcast of uh, pre-spring training. Uh, As we mentioned with Dave, uh, we're going to have our first show, our first countdown opening day show um, next week. It'll be Thursday at noon on our flagship, so hopefully you'll listen to that. It will become a podcast afterwards, and then after that, I'll be down in spring training. Uh, We will have um, countdown opening day shows that will become podcasts. We'll have other uh, podcast that we'll probably do weekly too, introducing you to players, chatting with Mark Topkin, that much more. And we'll have a lot previewing the season on our blog as well, raiseradio.moblogs.com. I really hope, first and foremost, we're going to see you at FanFest. That is already a week from Saturday, from uh, 10 to 3 for season ticket holders, 11 to 3 for the general public. Um, You can check out more at racebaseball.com. Thanks very much for being with us, and we will talk to you soon.